Burger. Burger Bites is recorded on location in Ozark, Missouri and presented on Anchor. The views expressed on Burger Bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Enjoy the show. A certain aquarium in Springfield, Missouri houses more than 35,000 fish, mammals, reptiles, and birds in its 1.5 million gallons of water. When we left off with Springfield Metropolitan's all-star Toby Yorks, he was just about to tell us about his job at the aquarium. He feeds, cares for, and cleans up after the animals, duties born from love and carried out through his lifelong fascination with ocean wildlife. He explained a little bit about how the staff at the aquarium is organized. If you've been inside and fed or petted the stingrays, then you've appreciated some of Toby's work firsthand. The way it's broke up, there are teams. So I'm on a shipwreck connector. So that first big room with those three really big tanks, mm-hmm. and then that next room with the stingrays down the base in the bottom and mm-hmm. then the upper ring. That's my area that okay. I work with. Um, I'm the primary on the lionfish and the stingray touch pool at the moment. I w- I've been primary on everything but ring tank that one's always been the lead so there's aquarius one two lead and then you get into management ring is always the leads tank because they're supposed to know the most you know understandably so but sure. i'm secondary on it so anytime the lead isn't there i'm the one who is taking care of that tank so aquarist is the job yes. title not fish yeah. wrangler so uh what people ask what i do for a living i say <laughs> i'm an aquarist and they're like what does your astrological sign have anything to do with this? <laughs> but And then I have to explain, no, I'm I, zookeeper, but for fish. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Right, so what's a typical day in the life of an You mentioned you wake up early, you know, because the fish wake up early too, I guess. So yeah. So you work I, like 6 a.m. onward? Uh, yeah. So we work at 6. I get up at five, anywhere from 4.50 to 5. Huh? Uh, spend a little bit of time with my dog, get him fed, let him go outside, you know, and just have a little bit of time with him before I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. Get there at six. We typically, we have to do AM checks, make sure everything's first of all still alive, make sure the tank's running all right, and then collect water quality for the day. We take water quality samples, that way we can keep track of nitrates, nitrites, all of the basic water quality stuff, as well as temperature, salinity, all the essential stuff for the tank. Uh, I'm normally done with that by 6.30, and then we start dives at seven. So it just kind of depends from day to day whether I'm in the water or not and how long. There are some days I'm in the water from 7 to 11. And then there are some days, like different tanks, obviously. You're mm-hmm. bouncing tank to tank, an hour at each tank, or an hour 15, 30, you mm-hmm. know. But, and then some days I'm not in the water. So then I go do acrylic, I feed morning feeds, and then I start doing diet prep, which for my area takes about, for one person hour and a half, two hours, just because we have, we prep everything in that area. So all that big ring tank, the bait ball, GBR, that third tank with the whale hanging over top, um, each one gets fed different days. So it kind of depends on what day it is on how much there is. What does diet prep entail? Are you just making a bunch (laughs) of sushi or what what goes on there? More or less. uh, That's what I've been told it is. So each tank gets a roughly 1% daily value. Okay. So let's say lionfish. It's a pretty small system. It's only 1,500 gallons, which I say it's a small system. That is a small system for me. For a home one, that's massive. (laughs) 
three days a week, they get 350 grams of food. So we have to chop up little capelin, anchovy, mackerel, herring, squid, shrimp, gel, uh, omnivore or carnivore gel. We have to chop it up into various sizes. For those guys, it's about an inch sized piece. So you have to chop up 350 grams of inch sized pieces to uh, feed to that tank three times a week. Whereas ring or even better stingray touch gets about 12,000 grams. They get about 10,000 in the morning. That's their big feed. And then we prep 2000 for in the evening. And in that one, you have all the big stuff, mackerel, herring, squid, and you chop that up into various sizes that way, because there are some that are as low as 150 gram weight mm-hmm. stingray. And then we have one that's 165 pounds. Holy cow. In there. Yeah, she's a big old gal. So you have to vary the size of food depending on the animals in the tank. So it's, it's a lot for our area at least. And then for other areas like uh, Marvels of the Deep, all is going to get slightly smaller stuff. That's where you're going to find like the seahorses and all the littler stuff mm-hmm. that's still really cool. Or the, uh, the spider crabs. They're all going to get something different. Everybody's prep is completely different. So theirs doesn't take quite as long because it's a lot of little stuff, mm-hmm. whereas ours is just so much. Seems but like a lot to keep straight. You get used to it, and okay. if you don't, you leave. <laughs> <laughs> that or we have we have diet boards. So you, mm-hmm. and we've at least in my area we've tried to dummy proof it as much as possible. Sure. Like if you read the board, it'll tell you exactly what to do. We've even put it to where what size of food each tank gets, how much, what days. Hey. Um, what days they get extra vitamins because frozen food lose nutrients over time. We have to supplement vitamins. That way they don't start getting fatty liver disease, that kind of thing. I was going to ask about the sourcing. Are you, you know, is, are they shipping in all of this yeah. feed? Yeah, so we, uh, we get all the frozen food shipped in, and then we have a freezer on site. Uh-huh. And then we also have one at base camp, which is on the north yeah. side. So basically we just try and keep that stocked as full as possible anytime our freezers up in the diet preps get low you have to go down and grab more food and bring it back and that's so i'm sure your knife skills as they say on the food network are yeah quite good good. yeah (laughs) that's actually one of my favorite things to do is like if i'm just cooking at home or i'm cooking at a friend's house uh, like can i help out sure do this just (laughs) okay what next okay what is something I guess surprising that a, like a layperson may not think is part of an aquarist's job or any big misconceptions, uh, I guess, about the work you do. Okay, that's a lot easier. And misconceptions, people think it's all just playing with the animals, petting, you know, having a grand old time. So we'll have volunteers come in and then most of it is chopping up fish, cleaning dishes because you have to take the food to the tank, but that dish still needs clean. So it's a lot of washing dishes, um, a lot of computer work as well. Having all those animals, we have to know what tank or what animal is supposed to be in what tank and all that. So all of those animals have an individual number Mm -hmm. and that's all in a computer system. That way we can track, like if something dies, Mm -hmm. we can track it, take it out of the census. That way we know what's in the tank at any given time. It's a lot of computer work. So, and then when you're like, when you're actually diving and getting into the tank, you're you're not playing with the animals. No, you're scrubbing out. (laughs) You're mostly cleaning, right? That's all you're doing. Yeah. You're either uh, gravel vacuuming, which is basically just taking a uh, gravity siphon and sucking out all the detritus material, so poo, leftover food, that kind of stuff. Stick it down in the sand because it all settles. 
to take all of that out to help keep the tank healthy or you're scrubbing algae. Those lights that we have on the systems, things get real nasty real quick. So for instance, eel and parrotfish tank, the two medium sized ones on that top side, mm -hmm. uh, we get in those two times a week, two to three times a week. Ring, we try to get in three times a week. And it just kind of depends on the system to system. Mm -hmm. GBR, we only get in once a week for cleaning dives. Um, we hit acrylic whenever we need to. So say we have a little bit of free time in the afternoon and we notice GBR's um, acrylic's a little bit nasty. It's the Great, got barrier. A little bit it's the algae. great barrier Reef. Yeah, the yeah Great Barrier okay. Reef. Um, we try and keep animals from that area in those tanks. So it's kind of region specific. Um, for the most part, ring tank and cylinder are the two that are just kind of a hodgepodge because they're so big you can't just have it be one specific area there's it'd be insane but uh other all the other ones we try and keep so gbr would or great barrier reef would be mostly indo-pacific uh australia mm -hmm. type area yeah. whereas parrotfish is mostly uh, caribbean so we try and keep specific species in with each other makes sense but uh just depending on the lighting you can hop in hit acrylic or some of the smaller ones you can just hit it with a pole from the top side fellas if you ever take a date to the aquarium be sure to impress your date with your knowledge of the great barrier reef specimens found in the indo-pacific regions since it's been documented that about 90 percent of burger bites listeners identify as male i'm going to give you one more piece of dating advice let henry do it don't let car trouble, like a dead battery or a flat tire, sabotage your date and keep you from reaching second base. When you have car trouble and need to get back on the road in a hurry, call Henry's Towing, a proud sponsor of Grip and Rip Baseball. When Gary and Sandra Henry started Henry's Towing nearly five decades ago, customers knew that Henry would be the guy coming to help. People would call and ask to let Henry do it. And as Springfield has grown, our family has grown as well. So there's always someone around to come help you out. Everyone at Henry's is a member of the family, fully trained and as dependable as the original. With a family this size, help is always right around the corner. So if you find yourself in need of roadside assistance, remember to call the name you've grown to know and trust. Remember to let Henry do it. On September 11th, 2020, the Springfield Metropolitans beat the Republic Locos 10-3 on an episode of Baseball Night in the Ozarks. Toby Yorks was playing hurt. While I try to never take enjoyment out of anyone else's pain, he and I both look back and laugh at how his run-in with a 60-pound shark led to the single greatest pregame injury report I will ever give. It also led to the most unintentionally hilarious text message conversation I have ever had with Mets manager Brock Chaffin. Let's talk about sharks, because we have to talk <laughs> about sharks. Yeah. So you were responsible for, I mean, I think what might be the greatest pregame show <laughs> I've ever done. It was, I will always remember September 11th, 2020 as right. the day that the injury report included Springfield Mets pitcher Toby Yorks injured by a shark on the job. Yeah. I'll let you tell the story and then I'll tell the story. So what, what happened to you? Uh, I think it was like the Monday or Tuesday prior to a yeah, Friday night game. Yeah, so it was actually a Wednesday. Okay. It was so two, real, two, About real 48 fresh. hours before game. Yeah. Oh, man. So every so often we have to catch the animals, do blood draws, do a full workup, get length, weight, all that to make sure they're where they need to be. So we had just caught our zebra shark, and uh, it's not a little shark. It's about 70 pounds. You know, it's a decent size for a zebra. So we're sitting there. We do the blood draw, I'm kind of holding it, and it, it kicked once, and I was like, ooh, that's kind of weird on my shoulder. 
So then we pick it up and I walk it over to the scale. I'm sitting there holding it. You know, like when you watch rodeo and they're like sitting right up on their hand. I had it like as close to me as I could to try and <laughs> keep it solid. So you and get it, it by the midsection? No, or? we have it in a stretcher. Oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. So for our safety and their safety, uh-huh. we stretcher those bigger animals. Okay. So we just have to hold like two PVC poles. Okay. So I'm, I'm sitting there holding it real close, you know, and it, the one time it kicked, it was a doll the entire time, except for the one kick. It kicked and it just kind of, my shoulder popped a little weird. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel great, but okay. So I go about it like nothing. And then I wake up the next morning and it hurt to move my arm. I was like, okay. Uh, well, and then so I was just kind of working it for the rest of the day, you know. And uh, I didn't really think anything of it. You know, that kind of thing has happened before. So I, I wasn't going to file workers' comp or anything. I still have it. It's not necessary. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really injured to that point. But uh, so I text Brock. I was like, I said, hey, I had an incident with a shark uh, yesterday. And so this is Thursday. Yeah. And uh, he was like, there are no sharks anywhere near Missouri. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't tell anybody where I work. Because most of the time, if I do, oh, that's so cool. Can you get me in for free? Right. <laughs> Everybody wants free admission <laughs> yeah, to the aquarium. Everybody. So, yeah, I actually got Brock Chaffin, your manager, sent me a screenshot of that text <laughs> message as if to say, do you see what I'm dealing with? <laughs> right. And I, like, I think I knew what you did at that point right. from doing my research. And so I was like, what do you mean? You didn't know he was an aquarist by trade? Like what? Brock said, like, I'm counting on this dude to pitch three innings tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So, uh. Game day rolls around. I'm like, you know what? I'm going out there regardless. Like Matlock was gone, and right? So, uh, which he did great all season. Yes, in a, in a new role, he was a closer and starting. He did great all year for us. Yeah. So we're getting there, and I show up to the field, and I'm like, okay. And I had had some elbow trouble just before because not being in shape mm-hmm. for the season. Like the day of tryouts, I threw, I warmed up, and it felt like my arm was gonna fall off. Uh, let alone throwing the bullpen and then taking infield and then swinging, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, it didn't feel great to begin with just because I didn't have enough time to really work with it Sure. and get it up to speed. So that rolls around. He's like, you good? And I was like, we're going to give it a go. Mama didn't raise no sissy. I'm, I'm going to go. But so I made it through the first inning wasn't so bad. Like it, I could definitely feel something was a little weird, but uh, I think it was the first batter of that second inning that I threw, I threw a fastball and it just went real low and just because my shoulder popped again. I was like, oh, that did not feel good. So I powered through the rest of that inning and then I was like, hey Brock, I'm done throwing today. <laughs> he was like, all right, cool. Uh, you think you can still swing on that? I hadn't had an bat to that one. I'll give it a shot. And we're facing Reese at that point. Uh-huh. So he, he yeah. throws pretty good. Reese Taylor from the Lucas, yeah. Yeah, uh, he throws pretty good, so. I was up there, I was taking my warm up things, I was like, ooh, that does not feel great, but I'm gonna give it a shot. So uh, my entire plan was I'm, I'm gonna get a lot of fastballs. Being a lefty, he's not gonna wanna throw a breaking ball. Uh, so I'll get a lot of fastballs probably on the outside part of the plate, because that's what I'd got all through high school. It's what I had gotten to that point in the season. And I was like, I'm just gonna try and flare it down the line and just make solid contact and hope it gets by the third baseman. That was my strategy going into that bat. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I just hit it right down the line. 
did not feel good though because <laughs> <laughs> i took a full swing because in warm-up you know i'm not taking full swings just trying to but no it didn't feel great so i went back to the dugout i was like hey brock i hate to do this but like <laughs> if, if i'm gonna keep playing this year um, i'm gonna need to take a little bit of time off and uh so he was like okay cool we'll figure it out so i ended up coaching quote-unquote third base the rest of the game i was over there talking is what i was doing well, hey, i mean it ended up <laughs> you guys got a lead and then just put it into cruise control right to, to take it At on least in, as much so. as possible so you did a great job clearly yeah obviously <laughs> nobody got thrown out with me making a bonehead decision or nothing and it was great yeah i will that is just a game i will always remember you know it was it was september 11th so i had you know kind of a really serious Right. Uh, moment to start the broadcast but then i was like this <laughs> this opportunity a guy getting hurt by a shark i just i cannot pass up making most of the pregame show about right. that so it's like we're going to take a commercial break we're going to come back and we're going to dive into into the, the incredible story of toby york's and the shark right. thrashing so, and that, that was the second time i had been injured at work uh the first time a fish had actually taken off a little piece of my ear like bit what kind off of, of what kind of fish did that, that? that was a trigger fish okay. so that was back before we had some of the rules we do now uh this rule is all about me we have to wear hoods whenever diving now <laughs> uh so i was in ring tank and a trigger fish i knew they had made a nest over in one of the sides and i was just over there scrubbing because i don't care i'll go over there scrub other people get scared when fish you know understandably so you're underwater if you're not super comfortable diving mm -hmm. i can see how that'd be sketchy I don't care. I'm super comfortable in the water. Like there's not a situation I haven't faced. So I was over there scrubbing. I felt them picking at my tank and you know, and stuff. And then one of them like takes a little nip at my ear. I'm like, okay, you little booger. So I wipe it away. And then I feel a chomp. I whip around and they're both sitting there right in my face and I wave them off. And then our outside spotter was like, Hey, come clean another side. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I come up in our top side. I said, yeah, those little booger triggerfish got me pretty good. And he was like, where at? And I said, my ear. He was like, uh-oh. So he, he looks over the side. Uh, <laughs> are you scared of blood? And I said, no. Why? What happened? He was like, uh, they took off a chunk of your ear. I thought you were wearing an earplug or something because when I came up, it was still bleeding. That was, <laughs> that was 30 minutes later in the dive. So they took off a small chunk of my ear. I continued the dive for 30 minutes. Bleeding into the water the yeah, whole time. Yeah, just having Yikes. a grand old time with sharks in there. Uh, <laughs> luckily, oh, they're wow. very used to divers. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd, I'm not worried about it, with, especially with those guys. But uh, he takes a picture, and I still have the pictures. It's, it's a decent little chunk come out of my ear. You can actually see it, like, over here on the <laughs> side versus this one just oh, straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, the shark was not the worst thing that's happened to me at work. <laughs> are there any other we've talked about sharks we've talked about trigger fish yeah is, is there another animal maybe that maybe even one that people think is cute that is actually kind of a pain to deal with puffers puffer fish okay. puffers are they're hard coral eaters so they have a beak and they're really strong jaws like they're meant to break off chunks of rock and uh those guys they're just curious they're not mean most of the time they're just curious so they're like take little nibbles and stuff and that's another fish that people are scared of in the water. Mm -hmm. I think they're hilarious. But, but then again, that's just my mentality. I'm like, okay, this is your house. I'm in it. I'll move. And then I'll come back when you're not looking. <laughs> we have a few puffers throughout that are kind of boogers and like to mess with people. Mm -hmm. But that's one everybody's like, oh, the puffer's so cute. And I'm like, they are a terror. <laughs>
I could sit here and ask fish questions all day, but it's it's very clear you really like what you do. Do you yeah. do you have aspirations to to move up and be an aquarium manager someday? Eventually, mm-hmm. probably not here, just because most people in our field don't stick around places 10, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. you know. It's mostly if they've been in one place for 10 years, it's because they really love it and they've been other places. So eventually I would like to go to other types of places just to see what that's about and see different parts of the country that I haven't seen yet. Uh, Monterey, for one, would be great. Shed up in Chicago Chicago, would be pretty great. Uh, Baltimore is a really good one. I've heard lots of good things about Georgia but only because that ocean voyager, the 10 million gallon tank there with the whale sharks and the mantas and all that. But I would have to be in the field for a long time before I'm allowed to touch that tank. Hmm. So I would like to get more experience before that. For now, I'll be here for at least three more years. That's the plan. Meanwhile, I know you're with one season of GRBL ball under your belt. You're you're working at that. We just finished a workout. So tell me Mm -hmm. about some of the goals you have for yourself for 2021 in baseball. Honestly, I'd like to get more hits. Like we all would, <laughs> right? I feel like there's because I'm really hard on myself. There's a few at bats that stick out to me. Like if I'd have done this, I should have swung at that pitch instead. You know, two of them are in the championship game. Mm. I would like to. At what is the uh, single season hits? Right. Uh, okay, so for uh, you came in in the COVID season, which is right. kind of weird. Right. But so a full season, which is seven games. Seven regular season games plus two playoffs. The right. record is 16 hits. So 16 okay. hits over nine games, and it's actually shared by two different guys. Gotcha. That would be one of my goals. Yeah. I mean, I think I had somewhere around eight, seven or eight yeah. this year. Which and, is all-star numbers right there. Right, apparently. But uh, Well, and that like that's a big misnomer about our league is, you know, there's so few games. Right. It, if it, somebody gets ten hits, we go that's bonkers a, That's that a guy. heck of a season. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because of the the span of it, but I think I could get either. I think I could get that or get pretty darn close. That that'd be my goal for this upcoming year. I want to get. I also want to get the ball off the freaking ground. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, even through high school, it was keep shoulder down, you know. But I was still hitting doubles and stuff. I hadn't done that, so my mechanics were all kinds of out of whack. So this offseason, I'm mostly focusing on getting underneath it again and not just hitting grounders. We'll end with this. You know, you went to the championship game your first season, so I'm sure yeah. you learned a lot about kind of what it's going to take to, to persevere and, and what it will take yeah. to get there as well. That makes you valuable. Yeah. I mean, it's it was a heck of a year to start just because of the weirdness going on in the world. But uh, I hope there will be more guys come out next year. And that also is kind of keeping me hungry because we had a lot of people not show up. And I was like, the way I tried out, I don't know if I'm making it next year. So it's it's one of those things that I wasn't confident going into this. I don't think I ever really am. Through high school, I knew I had a guaranteed spot just because of the way it was. But here, there's no guarantees. Like, you could always have somebody better come in. Always focused on getting better and working. Toby York's actually had nine hits in seven games as a rookie with the Springfield Mets. As you could hear in the background throughout our conversation, he's actually going to put a full year of training into his 2021 season, which leads me to believe he stands an excellent chance of hitting his way to further glory in 2021. To stay up to date on the GRBL and to watch for tryout information and schedules for the 2021 season, be sure to like the Grip and Rip Baseball League on Facebook, 
and check out thegrbl.com. Until next time, thanks for downloading Burger Bites. I'm Rance Burger, bidding you good day from Ozark, Missouri. <laughs>